welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Latta and James Boyd. And thank you for listening. One Nation Sports. Yo, what's good? This is Wale, and this is One Nation Radio. Yeah, I know. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Not again. Yeah, I learned a game Welcome to One Nation Radio. James, what's going on, man? Not too much, man. Um, I just remember in, uh, on the that DJ Khaled song with Jay-Z and Meek Mill and Ross. Uh, they don't love you no more. I just remember Meek started off that song saying, y'all rap niggas on some pop shit. That's all. <laughs> well then, um, that's a perfect place to begin. Um... We uh, started the song, the podcast, listening to "Back to Back" by Drake. Um, apparently, um, there has there's been a rap beef that's going on the past. A week. notable one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the past past week or so, this ain't even Beanie Sigel versus Jada Kiss, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Where do you want to start? I guess we got to start at the beginning. Um... So, um, it's like 1 a.m. or something, um, probably about a week ago at this point, Meek Mill decides to log on his Twitter account and start lobbing grenades at Drake for not tweeting his album, um, which features Drake on it on one song called Rico. Um, found that ironic, but whatever. Um, he, uh, goes off into this, you know, extended Twitter rant about Drake not writing his own raps and... A bunch of other, you know, Meek Mill-like tweets. I don't know if you guys follow Meek Mill, or, but he's he's like the loose cannon Brian Pillman out here right now. Um, then, you know, like, what did you make of all those tweets, James? Uh, it just sounded like a, like, uh, it just sounded like a weird rant to me, because he was just ranting on about multiple things about, um... About his, his, you know, his realness and issues about people that were saying or coming over trying to figure out why his album sold more than most people expected. Yeah. Which is what we do with every other album. And I guess in his mind, he has this confidence in himself, which, you know, all entertainers or athletes do to where they, that's how they kind of make it. To where it's like, I always, I believed in myself. How come, you know, all these naysayers couldn't believe it. That's why they sold me so short. And he goes on. It was like you know, last last time was big about you know, I was I did the numbers I did because of uh, the hurricane. Was it Hurricane Francis that hit New York? Hurricane Sandy, actually. Sandy. Yeah, I'm sorry. New, New York and New Jersey, Francis. Um, but it's just it just turned it turned into he just aiming all these just different directions. He was just shouting out to the void like anybody else that rants. But you know, his issue is he has thousands upon thousands of followers. And yeah. He's famous, and he's dating, and he's also dating a famous person. Right. Um, for me, that's what that's what it seemed like to me. When and then all of a sudden, the the the, the main takeaway tweet was, "Don't be don't be comparing me to Drake either, because he don't be writing his own his own uh, his own verses or whatever, mm-hmm. or he don't write his own raps." And then that's all the tension, all the you know, that's how this all got started. Right. And then from there on, everybody else jumps on all the, everybody else that are leechers that make their money off of the off of these other guys like the DJs or whatever else. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, 
the yeah. Charlemagne's and Funk Flexes of the world, you know? Yeah, then it, the great ghostwriting debate broke out, which, you know, speaking as a rapper, I, you know, give credit to those that write their own, you know, raps and things. Um, the uh, two sides of the argument are, you know, ghostwriting has been going on in rap from the beginning, and then you look at the people that are responsible for the ghostwriting, we don't ever really consider them like, you know, they're not on that mountain. Uh, Except for Kanye West. Yeah, I th- I think he's the great like um, what's the word like we have to we have to move the rules around for Kanye. He's the outlier. Yeah. Um, then you know we start you know some time goes by and people are like oh my god and everyone's clowning on Drake and you know these Quentin Miller um, diss track or references are popping up and all of a sudden Drake's like you know what. I'm just going to go on the offensive, which is kind of what we didn't expect from him. Um, there's the uh, OVO Sound Radio, which is a new platform they're doing, and he premiered like three or four songs, and one of them was called Charged Up, and it was a very like hollow kind of song where you know he gave him a couple nameless lines, and you know, oh, okay, it's a meat meal disc, and it was you know it was it was all right, it was a it was a cool round one. Uh, then Meek Mill went on the reply and was like, I can tell he wrote that one, though, and pretty much just responded to him in tweets. Not raps, but in tweets. Um, from there, uh, you know, the, the Drake fans and um, those folks of sorts that, you know, they started hopping on the Drake bandwagon, uh, saying, you know, he's, he's just killing Meek Mill and, you know, that song's so hot and everything else, and it's over. Um, and my first thought is, I guess they've never really seen how... Um, rap battles go, or back and forth disc records go. Like, you start opening up, you know, and then you, you, you keep it going. It's not just, you know, these little subliminal songs. But um, then from there, Drake, like, just, you know, he, he, he goes to another level before Meek even gets a chance to, uh, to respond, and he does the thing where he puts the Joe Carter picture of uh, the Blue Jays beating the Phillies in the World Series up, he drops a song called Back to Back in the middle of the night. Meek Mill basically wakes up, and I guess, you know, imagine being Meek Mill and you wake up and your social media is on fire at that point. Um, and then, like, it's just the the Meek Mill slander gets out of control at this point. Uh, what, what did you make of it uh, back to back and charged up, James? <sighs> just, um... First, when I heard Charge Up, my first thought was, wow, one of these boring Drake 40 beats that, you know, me and you have always hated. Yep. <laughs> and, like, that's one of the reasons why, you know, it's one of those things why Drake does it gets, uh, you know, even before this came out that he's not writing his own stuff or whatever. Uh, that's the reason why he got so much slander to begin with. Like, the, the, one, his subject, like, his, uh, his content, like, what his subjects are that he raps about. And two, the fact that he's always that he loves to rap on these beats that will put you to sleep and make you not, you know, like that's not the that's that's almost the stuff he does is like almost no one's favorite Drake songs, like that stuff. <laughs> um, Did you know Forty actually made the beat for Back to Back too? I heard. Wow, that yeah. might be the best beat he's ever made. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Top ten. That's what I'm hearing. So I'm not sure, but you know, you can't trust nothing that's coming out from that side right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh, wow. um, 
the thing ultimately, or then um, from there, uh, was did the Meek Mill um, when it the Funk's flexing when it got postponed? Was that before chart or Bat to Bat came out or or no? Yes, that was before Bat to Bat came out, I believe. Okay, so then you have Meek Mill saying that yeah, he, you know he's gonna drop this. Him and Funk Flex are promising this this disc record to come out, and then the time comes. And then nothing. He pulled a no show. Ain't no record built. And yeah, so that, all that you know, all that does is raise more animosity because you know people rarely ever have their heads. People's attention. People want their attention rewarded, right? Yeah. So, um, he gets slandered from there. You know, they call him you know all types of names, coward. Uh, you know, amongst them. Yeah. And. You know, then he get then all of a sudden you find out all these back channel excuses like, oh, he's on tour, da 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 da. And it's like, yeah, dude, that's cool and all. But people um, got studios on the bus. <laughs> exactly, people got studios on the bus, and be like Drake. Drake's out. All you need is a laptop Drake's and a mic. <laughs> like Drake is, a, you know, a little bit more famous than you. So, I, like, you know, ain't nobody hearing that. He made the time to get his ass out there and throw something at you. You need to throw something back, especially since you person started this. And you're the quote unquote tough guy of out of these two. So and, and I feel like, like you Meek need to do Mill, something. like he um he basically reeled in like one of the biggest fishes in the pond if you're trying to go in that direction. Like like yeah. like luckily like Meek Mill isn't that guy that would like really light you up lyrically because if Drake would I think Drake knew that he could he could pretty much handle himself against Meek Mill. It would have been interesting, like, and I don't, and I don't want to, you know, and that's not Drake's fault. Like, Drake was the victim here, so you can't help who calls you out. But when you see that, oh yeah, I'm gonna get him. That's nothing. Yeah. And the, the thing for me that it was so interesting was the fact that he just, um, like with with Meek, is just like okay, so. This is like you pretty much started a fight. You pretty much, as you said, reeled the big fish in. And this is like, who was the last time somebody? Uh, they're not in the same weight class. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this is T. Average Shorty Low, but this is like, was the last time there was some a guy that was able to grab, like, basically, this like a, he can come up. Would you say 50 Cent Jaw Rule? Or I would say maybe 50, just something more recent. I would say Ross and 50 at that time. Yeah, that's a good one. Or. But then again, 50 is the one that started the beef. So that was him beefing down more than because, yep. you know, that's what 50 does. He just, I got I to gotta sell albums. So I'm going to use these niggas for promo. Right. By selling this beef. And then, you know, after the third after the third time, we're like, yeah, we're on to you. We straight, <laughs> Yeah. So um, for me, it's just like, all right, so he basically got himself this opportunity, whether it was per- on purpose or not. And either way, he's not ready. And and then on one end, ultimately what's coming down to the I mean, we'll probably get to this later, but ultimately for me it's just these guys are just not suited for a beef, neither one of them. Is I and I feel like the, the fans now, like, they haven't really seen like real diss songs. They haven't seen like T I drop an entire mixtape on somebody and just eviscerate them. Yes. Uh, like down with the king. They haven't heard Beanie Siegel's fuck Jada freestyle. They haven't, you know, they haven't studied, you know, the, the the levels of the Jay Z and Nas beef, where it started with the Stillmatic freestyle, and then you know, Takeover, and then Super Ugly, and then Ether, and you know, then the disc records that were under it, which pretty much were like uh, Last Last Real Nigga Alive, Blueprint Two, and those guys are just going at it forever. Like, yeah, 
the the media that or the age the social media age that we're in is wanting these guys to produce so fast it is going to hinder the quality and ultimately they're both going to look corny i feel like or the I mean, loser will look corny because the memes are going to roast you now like if you I type mean, in meat so mill on instagram right now it is a it is a laughing you know it's a laughing matter but, I mean, ultimately, that's just the popularity of it more than anything because, I mean, you can look – I mean, how do I say this? It might be a thing where we're just numb to the Drake slander, but the Drake slander is there. Oh, yeah. There are legit issues. Like, I feel like the Russian is cut with this, uh, with, the, like, with, with the ghostwriting accusations and all these reference songs leaking. Like, the more those that leak, the more we got to really just start looking at him like, so, what is really going on? And then and there's, I guess that's true. And then so uh, like then, let, okay. let's let's just move it on long, and then we'll and then we uh, get to or uh, get to where I'm trying to go. So after after this, how many days go by? Five or three? I'd probably say like two or three days from back to back. Two or three days goes by, and magically, Meat Mill decides, you know what? I'm going to do it now, and he releases a uh, what's the name of the song? The song is called I want to know. Want to know? Yeah, want to know the Undertaker. Yeah, the Undert- it's, it's a sample of The Undertaker's interest uh, music, which is uh, something else I want to talk about. I don't know if we'll do it on this podcast. Or we can do it. The podcast for next uh, for the for this week of wrestling that we still have to do. But um, I'm here and I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And then I'm you know when I first heard when I first went onto the SoundCloud to listen to it, I'm listening to it just. Um, like I'm just planning on getting to the bars or whatever. I'm trying to decipher it or whatever. I'm not trying to worry about the beat or whatever after that. I just want to hear the bars and then go from there. Mm-hmm. So I'm playing it through. I'm playing it off my phone speaker, like your speakerphone, and I'm hearing. I'm like, I don't. What did he just say? Huh? What? Oh, somebody got pissed on. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then you know, and, and, and you know, he's talking about equipment. And then all of a sudden, like in the middle, like he he got like probably like seemed like eight bars or less than that. All of a sudden, he decides to cut the beat and play a reference track to, to, as as acknowledgement to as kind of like a footnote of what he just said on the, on the record, which is like he should like I don't know he structured that what? all messed up. Why are you? That, that makes no. You know what it reminded me of? Remembering Jesus? Remembering Jesus? How all the tracks like he would play a song and all of a sudden at random they throw in like another song that has nothing to do with that song right. and also at parts not even the record. Yeah, and, and it's like. The album is like, what do you do? That, that has nothing to do with it. And you're digressing us. Like you, you make like nothing messes you up more than my mind. Then when you have somebody bobbing your head to a track, and then all of a sudden in the middle of the track, you make them stop bobbing their head because it's something else completely different, and then have to re- have them reengage again. Mm-hmm. And, and he did it twice. Yeah, he um, um he should have started it with weird. that, and then ended it with that, and did the rapping in the middle. Like yeah. He, be, uh, I, I was disappointed because when I heard the Undertaker beat, I was like, "Oh my god, this man!" Oh like, god. and I was like, "Uh oh, Drake's in trouble." And then it was like, "Okay, I actually like the song." Like Meek's like losing in the general, you know, public, but I just felt like he structured it wrong. But what he was saying on there, he was saying a lot of factual stuff, but that's not what like that's not what's gonna win this battle, unfortunately. Like. You know, and honestly, facts. that's never been honestly that's never been a deciding factor in battles ever. If that's the case, no one there wouldn't have been that many people that has thought Nas won either. 
He didn't the win. He was worried about straight fat. <laughs> he didn't you know win. I mean? No, but you. Yeah. I'm saying at the time, people, you know, a lot of people thought he won. Like even even Jay Z on Blueprint Two is a concession that like he didn't feel he lost. He felt like the powers that be and the people politicking in the back scenes that you know power, you know, I'm sorry, that power and hot or people pushing it that shredding the narrative that Nas won. I mean, don't get me wrong. Ether is way. Ether is is just in line as far as vicious and mean stuff, mean spirited stuff as you can. As far as even with like hit 'em up, for example, mm-hmm. but that don't necessarily mean it's true. Yeah. Um, but it was vicious. You got that? Like you can't you can't ever knock Ether for as a as an all time great disc record just because a lot of that stuff you can't prove or is, is it even that he makes sense or not true flat out. Like. I don't. I don't personally know if Jay Z is uh, is gay or not, but there was a lot of homophobic. There's a lot of homophobic barbs thrown at him that way. And uh, <laughs> I mean, he kind of has Beyonce, so and kids or yeah. a kid, and, and Ben had Beyonce. He, a, had Beyonce back then, hella, huh? Had Beyonce back then. Yeah, exactly. He's one of those guys. But yeah. <laughs> but just getting back to the point is like, in your mind. If you just if you're just saying like all right, we know that clearly back to back is the better of those two disc records that Drake released. It's like Meek just almost this, go again. Yeah, and we just got this outing from from Drake. I'm sorry, from Meek. Which in your mind do you think is the better disc record? I would say back to back, just just because it feel it feels like the momentum is with Drake and the. Uh, but I but I feel like it's just a little bit better because I feel like he can't really say much else about Meek, but Meek can really dig in and just be that ugly sore that just will not go away, will not go away, especially if he keeps getting these hands on these reference songs. And he'd be smart to kind of sh- try to stretch this out. Like, don't don't use up all your ammo this week. Like, if I was Meek Mill, I would I would have waited a week before I responded. I'm like, all right, and let all that hype die down. And I actually texted you guys this in the thread. I was like, if I was Meek Mill, I wouldn't drop no song. Like, I wouldn't be pressured to drop no song right now because he's just going to get overshadowed. Like, like if you just look at him on Twitter, Meek Mill has, like, 5 million followers. Drake has 24 million. Uh, when you see these little things where who has more money, Drake has $75 million. Drake or Meek Mill has $3 million. He, he has to be smarter about these things, like how he approaches yeah, he this. Yeah, he has to really worry. He really has to fight on the like the side of being, you know, guerrilla warfare and being tactical. Like he has it. to slow the, the thing. Is, if this was basketball, he'd have to walk the ball up the court on this. Yeah, he definitely have to money ball it. And the thing is, like, the weird thing about it is, you look at like the uh, I get for lack of, just to make a funny word, the strategy of this, all of it. <laughs> I feel like Drake has as uh, out as has been more tax. His tax have been better than his. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just I mean, I don't know if it's just because of the stuff he does and like the the kind of uh, tissue he grabs, the eyes he grabs, regardless. But you look at like stuff like. You gonna make me send bottles to Charlemagne? It's if like you know that's like something he's bringing that outside people bottle. in. Like it's like battling that guy that that gets everybody in the crowd. Like it gives everybody else a shout out in the crowd. Like yeah. Jin used to do that all the time until he got called <laughs> on it, pretty much. So for me, it's just like all right. 
it's it's just so weird that this like this is where the game is is like I know me and you always talk about it and you know off off air or whatever and even you know when we have these discussions um about where where like the rap stuff is gone but like this is a clear like in my mind this is like the first ever real like social media battle uh-huh between two like, between two quote unquote rap heavyweights or two guys that are that that are that are that, that are moving get work. heavyweight attention. Like maybe Meek doesn't. Maybe Meek's not really that that. But you know, between him dating him dating a, a, a pop star, that you know, then there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the thing for me is just the game has changed so much that like, I almost want to call these people like Drake and Meek Mill kids, but they're like my age exactly. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I think Drake is a couple months older than me or a few months older, whatever. But. The thing is just weird is just where it's gone to where and uh Bomani talked about this about like you look at the the guys that they fought that he was we awesome all, on Twitter know, also the last couple of days. Huh? He was awesome on Twitter the last couple of days. Yes, he has been. Yes. Um and I mean ultimately my thing is just like I'm disapp- for what this has been like built to be, this has been a disappointing beef so far. Like on wax anyway. Like all the other stuff, like the politicking and the foolishness that's that's, that's occurred. Like the reference tracks thing is just that's just great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um. Like the Joe Carter World Series stuff. Like all the memes. Like I know people talk about Black Twitter and how you know we got jokes and jokes and jokes and just mean, mean spirited. Like I like I'm not. I'm always kind of you know want to shy away from it being just quote-unquote black Twitter as opposed to everyone has jokes. It ain't just us. <laughs> you know, we're not, you know, most of the, most of the time you see people, famous people with these rape jokes or comedians that are, make rape jokes, it, it, that ain't us. But anyway, just, I, just what's surrounding, like, we've gotten more, the most valuable stuff we've gotten has been stuff outside this battle, outside what's been on wax, and this is so weird. That, I, wasn't, that wasn't the case, you know, a decade ago. I heard, um, Something on Twitter, ironically. It was like, who disappointed Philadelphia more this week? Bill Cosby or Meek Mill? <laughs> I forgot he went to Temple. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I have 35 women who would say otherwise, but, you know. Um, they uh, the, the thing with this battle, it's not over. It, and I think people have to be careful. Like people want to be on the right side of the joke so much um, mm-hmm. that they don't realize that Meek really. It, it was it was kind of an opening. You know, I, I feel like you got to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Speaking of somebody that's made this songs for other people before, like you got to use that first one and kind of see okay what what kind of deck that they're uh, that they're handling over there. And then you come you know with the heavy artillery around two and three, but. Meek has to be careful that he has to make sure he gets to round two and three. And like I said, he's gotta he's gotta slow the game down. He's gotta walk the ball up the court and and really figure it out and start going back in the studio and working on a mixtape also. Like you gotta put you gotta start flooding. Like you gotta be everywhere. Yeah. But, but smartly. And, um, and just just as you said, be everywhere. I had, like I'm just gonna say it now. The perfect thing for Meek Mill would be to do after the disc record he just dropped with the Undertaker's theme song, or if I'm WWE, 
I would call I w- somebody. My people call their people, or their people call my people. I know he's on tour. Fuck that. Like, unless he, uh, like, maybe he can, you know, black out on that Monday. I don't know if he actually has a tour date that Monday, mm-hmm. but he needs to get his ass on a plane, meet up on, uh, meet up where Raw is that Monday, and let him perform, a fi- have a 15-minute segment, or have a segment <laughs> where he performs X number of songs, one song, two songs, whatever, or one song, and have you WWE capitalize off the social media coverage of the fact that Meek Mill used the under sampled the Undertaker's interest music for a diss record that's been that's been getting all this attention and you grab eyes like that, you'll get you'll get ratings to see what you know, basically off of what happened with MGK a couple month, a month ago. Right. You'll be like, well, who knows what happens? Meek Mill might run up on might run up on Bo Dallas. Who knows? Right. Right. And, and drop somebody and look like a tough guy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they did it for Flo Rider. Why can't they do it for the, you know, the, the, you know, the rap, yeah. the, you know, the, the trapping rapper, you know? Yeah, why tough not? Tough guy, tough guy. Um, you know, he has no. You can't, you can't say why not. I mean, he had number one selling album, you know, twice. Yeah, he has two number one albums. Um, why not? That, that's that's kind of a good idea. I, I feel like people would clown Meat Mill for that. But I think, yeah, that's a good idea. Like, if you're going to go in with the wrestling angle, go all the way in. The next song, sample another song. Well, I got a beat for well, you I if you want, Meek Mill. <laughs> well, I don't think it's really him actually just going. I don't think he's actually using it as a gimmick as much as was. Like, I'm just going to use this as a, you know, people, you know, enough people have watched wrestling to know what that bell, when the bell tolls, they know what that what right. they know what that means. You did. Dead man walking. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's just you know, so I I thought that's that would have been cool, and then like uh, I don't think why, I don't understand why you would clown me if he did that. Considering like all I'm doing is just getting myself more album sales. I'm getting myself more attention. Right. Right. If he you can, know, if like, Drake can use Joe Carter, he can he can go all the way back and use that. Meek should be able to use uh some some wrestling to uh like move his cause forward. I, I don't even remember where I was when the Joe Carter home run happened. Yeah, I was probably like and four I or five years old. Like at first, I didn't understand it until somebody put the joke up. I was like, okay, there's a baseball guy on there. Okay. And oh, then oh, I, I was like, it. okay, yeah. it's smart. Oh, I was like, that's okay, like, that's smart. I was like, oh, that's the greatest home run in, or should be known as the greatest home run in baseball history. A walk-off, grand, a walk-off game seven home run. Like I still make jokes to this day. Like Mitch Williams still can't come to, uh, still can't come to through Philly uh, after throwing that pitch out there. <laughs> Meat Mill better be careful. He ain't gonna be able to go through Philly. <laughs> you lost it, Mitch, nigga. Like, and it it's so set up for Meek to uh, to do something out. So we should have won now, huh? Meek should have won this beef by now. Not you know. Look, I'm not just, like I'm just gonna old, put it out there. You know, I. You know, I, I have services, Meek. Uh, if you need any help, you know, with with the songs, you know, I know that's not really your thing. You know, you, you know, rolling on your wrist, yeah. You know, we we, we got to change that up for the, for this man. Like, you know, I got some services. You you can you can contact me. Just send me an email. You know, richladder32 at gmail dot com. You know, if you're listening to this, you know, I'd be more than happy to help contribute to the cause. You know, for a nominal fee, but um. You know, we keep between me and you, also. But um, so, yeah. Where do you think this is headed? In reality, like, at what point do people start? At some point, the real reason got to come out. 
And it and it's and something what, to do with that girl. Oh, Nikki? Yes. <laughs> Eventually the real okay. reason because really this started over him not tweeting your album. I know he got in the problem with Wale before Wale went up. You heard him in the beginning of the show. But um that's rather weak. If you know, if you didn't tweet my album and you were on it like was Rico like a single or anything or are they playing on the radio? I mean, Drake's on it, so they'll throw anything on the radio with him on it on. So, and even like even if even if it's a deep cut that a DJ plays on at night, right? Um. So for me, it's just I. It's just so weird watching this all happen. And you know what? I was thinking about this too. Another thing when I was talking about how the game's changed, it's changed before our eyes, and you know we grew up you know, under this certain set of rules or whatever, even for us, that, like, the game has changed and, like, people's morals change and, and when it comes to trying to, you know, get this bread, mm-hmm. like, <clears throat> we're at a part now to where we got two dudes that are, you know, top-notch guys in the rap game. They're beefing. And all the all this stuff you see is, like, the political plays, the political plays involved are more, you know, like with Funk Flex pulling reference tracks and he had, he clearly Drake had an issue is, with the Drake camp or something yeah. is going on and you know the Drake folks are trying to get you know in line with uh, Charlemagne and one hundred five point one and all those guys. Yeah, exactly. Like that's is that's more interesting than what's been put on wax so far. And then you look at and you looked up and I was thinking about this the other day. Remember, like a what was it? Right when this stuff popped off with Meek Mill. Um, there was also another the same exact night. The discussion that was that um, was going on was Nicki Minaj being upset that she didn't get um, that she didn't get nominated for a VMA for what best <laughs> best song or best album of the year. I'm not best sorry, video. best music video of the year. Yeah, best music video, right? And then she he was she was explaining like, all right, well, you look at me and you see what it is, and I'm getting I feel like I'm being discriminated against or what have you because like this is ridiculous, like. People, people like me have done these type of songs that have put, you know, put been provocative and stuff, and have gotten nominated at least, and some even won. Like, so where the hell? What, what's the difference, All right? Mm-hmm. And then Taylor Swift came at her and was like, "Nah, it must be one of them dudes. It's feminism because because obviously she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. It's not it's not anything to do with feminism. It's about it's about race and feminism. And, you know, Taylor <laughs> Swift... Look, Nicki Minaj got two strikes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, the game's changed so much to where, like, we've talked about this before, especially you listen to her second album. She's as much a... She's a pop star. Yeah, she raps. Yeah, she got bars. Maybe she wrote them, maybe she didn't. She got bars, all of that. She's a great rapper. Have you Whatever. heard the Safari this song? No. She, but let me finish. She's a she's a pop star. She's very much a pop star. And you look at where, like for example, when we talk in, in relation to even the VMAs. Like we talked about 2013 VMAs for about how you know all, all this black music, no black faces up on the screen or winning awards, right? In 2013. Mm-hmm. And then you look at like in my mind, my favorite VMAs of all time, the 99 VMAs with Chris Rock, right? Yep. And you and you think about also another thing that was noteworthy was the little Kim, you know, the mermaid outfit, yeah, the, right? Yeah, the purple. Or blue, so whatever. yeah. So you think to yourself at that time, Kim was the biggest female rapper in the world. So, can you imagine back in '99, 
Britney Spears having the gall to say anything, like, let's say there was social media, having the gall to say a word of disrespect, anything they'd be taking to disrespect to look him? No. And I feel like like Nicki Minaj feels like she has to work within the, the environment as to where Little Kim didn't have to work within that environment. And Nick, I, and then also there's the the elephant in the room of Taylor Swift being that person you don't want to mess with because you why is she the person you don't want to mess with? She's like uh, bigger than she, anything. Who's what, what I'm saying? Because With, of her fan base? Yeah. All right. If you say so. Look, I wouldn't do that. What are you gonna do? I don't like. I don't like her. I, I mean, they're they're they don't have the same fans. <laughs> like they do, but not really. Nicki Minaj is trying um, to dip her toes in that pool over there. She's not dipping her toes in. She's not dipping her toes in though in that pool. Nah, like she's dipping her toes in a pool that's like. Like she might want to work with Taylor Swift one day since Taylor Swift putting these rappers on these songs now. And yeah. the genre co- crossover wasn't as great back then. Like, that was before Britney Spears was on some, you know, let's work with the Neptunes type stuff. Understood. But what I mean is this as far as the games change so much to where, like, the line between popular music and rappers inside of popular music, like, there's no, remember, you know, remember, like, the Ving diagram of, like, you know, the cir- the bubble circles and there's an overlap? Yeah. Like things to fuck with Wu-Tang Clan. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's way more. There's way more in- overlap than there's ever been, and way less like as far as top rappers. Um, as far as the distinction between a rapper and a pop star, like they're pretty much saying, like you think of the guys that you think of the people that are the biggest rappers in the world, whether it's Kendrick Lamar, Drake, Nicki Minaj, Lil Wayne. I, I, I don't know if Lil Wayne even counts anymore, but you get my point. Yeah, like. A lot of that game has changed. Like Drake and Drake and Nicki Minaj being where they are, like that matters. Like the fact of rap and R and B basically being in- indistinguishable um, for, especially for the singers, like that matters. Like the games change, and like you look at even Kanye. Like when Kanye, the breaking, the tipping point for all this stuff to where this even, like you can look at okay, where this even started from and how do we even got here. You can say it's eight oh eight and heartbreak. Yeah. Like if that album never comes out, maybe Drake doesn't, you know, become what he's beca- became. Like, maybe like because you know Meek Mill's not throwing shots at Kanye, right? Because Kanye at this point, <laughs> because Kanye at this point he's old money. Yeah, that man's legendary. Status. Like, like Drake, yeah, like Drake's number, like Drake's the top guy. If you want to argue, he's one B to Kendrick. Fine. Like he's been on this run where he's either been the guy or Very the rock to, to, hit to someone to Kendrick Lamar, Stone Cold Steve Austin for five for five six years now. Yeah. Like he's like you so know there's nowhere to go but down. Like so he got I, getting in in battles. I don't really know that that is actually going to help Drake. Like, is he really going to end up looking better off of this? He comes off a little better. No! To the, yeah. Does he come off a little bit, bit, bit better to the people that aren't going to buy his albums anyway? Probably. But what's the point? Like, for me, 
it made no sense when I when I first heard chart one. I was like, wow, he actually made a diss record for him, considering like all the people that have thrown shade his way that are way more that have been more noteworthy of names or people that we look at as far as like like you think he would he would came at Big Sean like that? I don't. Uh, no. <laughs> Big Sean would have ended this beef already. <laughs> So it's just it's just so weird to me. I just don't understand. It. And like, and ultimately, what we look, you know, when you just take a step back from it, I mean, we're because we're now in it. But we take a step back from. It, I honestly feel we're going to be like we're going to look back at this thing in retrospect, and as time passes, we're going to be like, wow, we had like the biggest rap beef, and geez, well, you, how, what was the last beef that was about this big? About not even as big, but about this big. Fifty and maybe fifty and yeah, fifty and uh, Ross, maybe. That was 08, right? That was like 09, around that time. Yeah, okay, 08, 09. So, we're at that. That's that many years have passed. And ultimately, we're going to look back and we're going to say, wow, we had this We had this, this top guy that was that was not a battle, that was not a, a beef guy at all. Like, remember uh, remember Big Brother on, Ka- on Kanye's album, uh, Graduation? He's yeah. like, or my, like uh, when he said about Beanie, he's like, you know, I guess Beanie style is more of a slam dunk, and my shit was more like a pick, like a figure roll. Yeah, yeah. Drake shit. I mean, Drake's changed the game. Where Drake, Drake's game ain't the finger roll. Drake's game is a Steve Nash runner in the lane. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so you know his game, his game is the is the runner in the lane, the floater. So. You, we're at that point. It was like, all right, this dude's game is the floor in the lane. He's not. He's not like he's, so he's not popular. dunking on something. He's, yeah, and everybody loves him, and that's fine. But, but you know, somebody will get also, him. Somebody will get him one day. Like he, yeah, and he's and he's also you know as we say, he's so frustrating. Like honestly, there's nobody in my iPod that I listen to as much as I as much as I do Drake. That honestly, his his music and the stuff he does. And decisions he makes musically frustrate me so much. Yep. Like most anybody else like that, I just wouldn't even listen to. Like Florence and Machine, I'm mm-hmm. good. I can't. I can't do that sometimes. Like uh, Adele's like, first album. It's like you feel that. like Drake's just out here settling for lawn jumpers instead of going to the fucking rim. Exactly. That it's just it's so inefficient. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and then you look at. This other guy that's like, all right, well, you see, he, this dude is a, this dude has been proven now at this point. I mean, or more or less proven, or as good as proven as you can get without, without us getting date for, dates for reference tracks on files, that you can get someone being a fraud. Like he said, old, old Millie Vanilli ass nigga, exactly, exactly yes. what he is now, and he can't put him away because he just doesn't have it like, lyrically almost. Because one, he he's outmanned. Two. He's. It seems like he has a like a shocking amount of of just a blatant lack of of self awareness. Like he started his beef with this dude because he doesn't write his bars. Meanwhile, and he's not quote unquote real. Meanwhile, like he's he's backed by Maybach Music Group, which is Rick Ross, who was the correctional officer who turned <laughs> into a, a rap like a wrestling gimmick of one of the greatest kingpins, greatest, greatest American uh, drug traffickers of all time. And he's also getting backed by Diddy. Who was one of the most famous guys that never wrote that didn't write his own stuff either? Yeah. So I was like, you're like a walking contradiction right now. But never mind that. We'll get back to that. And then third is just like it seems to me the way this is all going, bro. 
but the way that 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 song sounds so rushed and sounds so bad, where you can barely hear what he's trying to say, or you have to replay it over and over and over. Yeah, you gotta you, go to rap. You gotta have a you gotta have an ear for rap to understand what he's saying. It seems like he's just over emotional, or he's just not as he's just not smart, like literally <laughs> like lacking in intellect. Yeah, and I don't want to say that because I really like him as a as a rapper, right? And it's, I always it, I, I know it's a lot of you know. Well, it's something that I rarely ever want to go with somebody, but like this, a lot of these are just bad decisions he's made so far. Yeah, there, there's. I feel like there's got to be somebody that that pulls him aside and be like, if you go, if you want to walk down this road, we gonna show you how to do it. Um, you got like, <laughs> I felt like he's he's basically been knocked on his ass right now, and he's got to get up. Like you know, he's on his way getting up for the count. The ref is checking with him if he's good. And more sports references, but <laughs> he he pretty much has to prove that you know even though he got hit and he might be cut that there's no reason for everyone to stop the fight because he he'll have to he literally is going to have to he can't de- depend on his skill to win anymore like he he just can't he has to come out like imagine if 2005 Cameron got a hold of Drake right now you know Cameron would Curtis oh. <laughs> yes, like imagine, like he has to clown Drake. He has to be relentless. He he has to figure out what he's lacking lyrically and make up for it in comedy. He has to make up for it in just trying to embarrass him. He has to make up for it in saying, "I I'm with the woman you always wanted." Stuff like that. Like you got to really, even if it's not true, how will we ever know, <laughs> dude? Bro, it you was it, it, it is so it is so easy to for Meek Mill to win this beef. Yes, it so is so easy. He should have won by now. Like I said earlier, look, you said oh five, right? Yeah, you like two, like like that, like that that uh you know him going at Jay Z that Cameron. Yeah, dude. Like you said, you said oh five Cameron, and you said the mid two thousands, bro. They are lucky. They are so lucky that they that neither one of these dudes beefing with game. Oh my oh god! My god. <laughs> game might have a mixtape out already for both of them. Like turn into a triple threat match. Like yeah, right. I'll take all both of y'all. Yeah, yeah. Like Dude, he could like he Drake or game could have put fifteen minutes on both of these dudes and called it a day and won this and won this in a landslide. Like right now, I feel like we're entering towards. Like a second round, like a, I'm sorry, more like a more like a mid round like fight or ref stoppage based off of someone being cut because like this is Mayweather like, versus Pacquiao. He's not, <laughs> he's not defending himself well enough right now. He's just not. Yeah, he's in trouble. Like he's out there looking like Joe Frazier after he got blinded out there. <laughs> also from Philadelphia. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. Let let Cameron had got a hold of those reference tracks. He would he wouldn't it wouldn't even been no rapping on the song. He would have just played the songs in the background and clowned, and that would have been the diss. Like how do you how do you have like the reference track to uh, to one through the six of my woes to know yourself, and then like you don't play at the beginning of the record. Hope the real lift ever, man. Hope the face get exposed, exposed, right. exposed, exposed. And then drop, and then drop your record. The Undertaker. Like, yeah. How is that not? That should have been the first thing you thought of. I don't understand it, <laughs> bro. I, Meek Mill is a, like, as a rapper, um, I am so envious <laughs> of Meek Mill's position right now. 
Like, like let me have been, you know, you know, on like that, really getting to that level where you feel like, yeah, you got some success. You had number one albums. You, you know, you're on tours, but people don't necessarily look at you as like, you know, that guy. You're, he's upper mid card guy. We talking about this is just a wrestling podcast right. for the most part. He's an upper mid card guy. Right. Like he is. He is more or less Dean Ambrose. Right. And then you know, you know, John Cena wants to start a beef with you, right? And you like, man, I've been waiting to show my my skills. I've been waiting to show you know what's going on with me on this side. I've been waiting to whip out this you know this next level. Like mm-hmm. I am so jealous of Meek Mill right now, bro. <laughs> yeah, and just like and just like Drake with John Cena, they both been corny for forever. <laughs> yes, and Drake, like if this if this ghostwriting stuff isn't true or is true, he's not just stealing lyrics; he's stealing styles. Like this is no, bad. he's stealing entire songs. <laughs> yeah, this is bad. Yeah, man. Like it just is weird. We're gonna look back at this, and I, like I feel like this is gonna be like this. What's more disappointing so far, Meek Mill and, and Drake, or Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao? It's literally the same fight. Like it's it's the same fight. It's, it's Pacquiao basically is Meek Mill throwing a bunch of whole bunch of shit that don't really land. Drake's not really making. He's doing just enough to win, and he's like making contact while everybody's screaming. He's such a great boxer. He's such a great you know. He, yep. It's just like you yep. don't understand. You know, you don't understand. It's the same yeah. thing. And it's so weird, dude. Because I, because like I wanna, I wanna like, I wanna be anything behind like whatever causes Drake to make that change into being like the rapper we all everybody actually wants him to be, as opposed to being that guy half the time. Mm-hmm. Even if it's fake or not, I don't care. But it's just. Like he like there will be no lessons learned from this loss, none. <laughs> so I mean I don't know man like what is there what I guess we can wrap this up and move on to yeah. the next topic. Yeah, That's we, all, uh, I mean it's up to you. Yeah, we we can talk about um, Jeezy real quick. Uh, we're gonna come back. We're gonna run uh, a little bit of the uh, we get do, throw someone to get you in the mood for a quick Jeezy talk real quick. This is One Nation Radio. Welcome back to One Nation Radio. Listening to Young Jeezy. Uh, not so young anymore. Uh, just Jeezy now. Uh, Trap Star. This is it was, uh, the bootleg copy that I had. This was the last song on the album. So, yeah. So I used to bump this at. It was like number 18 and then go back to the intro and then, you know, you do whatever. But, um. It's been yeah, ten, 10 years since uh, Let's Get It, Thug Motivation 101. I had to look that up. That was kind of like the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Battle Royal or something like that. <laughs> as far as, you know, how long the title was. It's one of those where it just takes up the entire title space of your iTunes. Um, they didn't have that back in 05. Well, maybe they did. But um, they, they uh, yeah. Um, James, so... We're going to try this again. Um, James got cut off. <laughs> we had some technical difficulties. But uh, when this album came out, James, what what uh, went, went through your mind back then? So um, when I'm thinking about how trap music in 05, the summer of 05 when it came out. Um, well, not trap music, sorry, Trap or Die came out. I'm thinking of, you know, as you said, 
uh, he goes by Jeezy now. It's no longer Young Jeezy. You know, just these, you know, these rappers grew up so fast. So proud of them. But <laughs> um, the summer of like you go back to you know summer of five is like this the the summer between my uh, my junior and senior year of high school. Yeah. And at the time, you know, really the only thing I was into really really much was like missing the fact that Jay Z was gone. Uh, <laughs> Uh, here, you know, being a huge Kanye West fan, and Game It came out, and I really loved the documentary. Um, so I hung out with uh, you know people that are older than me. They're in my they're kind of in my peer class. They're, they're you know temp- contemporaries, but they were like three or four years older than me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes five. <laughs> so um, and you know and, you know you know me, Rich. Down hey, here, they old now. <laughs> yeah, they're thirty and thirty-one. Uh, <laughs> you know. Down here, in the this south. isn't a this country isn't this country this area is not country but it's southern. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we listen to slow down screw music here just like everybody else. It's not it may not be chopped but it's screwed. Mm-hmm. So, first time I, my encounter with Jeezy was well, I believe so icy and I was like okay whatever. Um, I'm you know I pretty much dismissed him the same way I dismissed like. They had all the Atlanta dance group guys like DJ Unk and like D4L, you know, like those uh, whatever, like oh, like Them franchise Man, that boys, sh- crime mob, yeah, franchise, yeah, exactly. So I uh, first time I hear Trapper die is from my homeboy Marcus, um, and it slowed down, and I'm all first thing I hear is Trapper die, and you know the Trapper die edition of uh tra- of um track on that DJ drama album, yes. I'm an affiliate. Yes. I know his man. DJ scratches and they bring it they bring back the verse halfway through it. Bring it back. And I'm like, dude, this verse, this album, or this is so long, this is stupid. What the why do I give a fuck about Tropicana Orange Juice? You know? (laughs) (laughs) I don't care that your AR got a gangster Grizzle. I don't care. So Um, it was just, you know, I was just completely just against it. I was like, dude, like, this is the worst. I just can't, I can't believe somebody that's just this much of a nursery rhymer made it. And, like, he has a DJ drama mixtape. Back then, as it started, like, the DJ drama gangster grill mixtape, when it, like, every time drama drops something, you at least got to, like, check, check it out for a little bit. You right. know, you may dismiss it later. But, like, at that point, he was super hot. <clears throat> and... I just, I was just like, I can't believe this dude. Like, he's a terrible rapper. Like, and then you, you, you go through Trapper, Di- Trapper Die, and you hear him rap over like the, the three six beat, and he's like, you know, you know, I say what I mean, mean what I say, bitch. Phone niggas only like the lean back remix. I just, I, I just can't do this no more, dude. I can't. And then what made it worse was the cast he had with him were, were even worse than he was. Slick Pull is terrible, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so, um. Fast forward a little bit further, and then they say, you know, like, I see him, he was back when Rap City, like, the very end of Rap City. They may have just left the basement. I'm not sure. I don't really remember. Uh-huh. I think, so all of a sudden, I see the, I see the, the songs, you know, I'm, you know, everybody's, you know, going on, you know, I think this might have been the end of TRL, but everybody's, like, going on Rap City to find out, find music, or One of Park, or TRL to find some music. Right. And, or at least new music anyway. And I also I hear, I see uh, over here the over here song that didn't make the mixtape. I mean, didn't make make the album, but Which it's is like flame. By the way, that, 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 that beat's tough. I was like, 
Oh, this, oh, that dude! Oh, he's trash! I was like, oh no, Bun B's on it! Oh no! <laughs> Look, Bun B has proven over the years he'll rap with anybody as long as you're from the south. He doesn't care. Destroy the track too, yeah. So, like that was also a point where like Bun B was like just on a murder spree. So I was like, I can't believe this! I can't believe this! I, I okay, whatever. Bun B, like if Bun B gonna rap with him, then fine. I'll, I'll check out his record when it comes out. Right. And then, you know, you find out Manny Fresh, you know, and I'm, you know, me, I'm just a gigantic <clears throat> Manny Fresh fan. And then you hear the And What track. I'm like, okay, Patty Cake, Patty Cake, Microwave. This dude still nursery rhyme. I can't believe this. Yes. Like, I can't believe you out here killing or rapping over, or you out here whack rapping over a Manny Fresh beat. And then you hear the album, and then you just, you know, gunshots, choir, and a heartbeat. And then I'm the realest nigga in it. You already know. And I was like, yeah. I mean, you hurt on the mixtape, but just on the album, it was at another level. And, it, yeah. and him and the stuff Shorty Ed did together was just unbelievable. Also, and he had such a great year for Yeah, back then. Also, he had that song he did with Lil John. It was like with the gunshot that boom, boom, boom. And then it was like, uh, I think it was called Get Low, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, mm-hmm. and, or no, it was called. I think it was gangster music. I'm not sure. But uh, it was a song with Lil Jon that was early, and that was like one of those mixtapes. And then I heard Go Crazy. Woo! And, you know, at that time, you know, I was just begging for Jay-Z to rap. Um, I was listening to... <laughs> I was I was listening to a lot of Dipset. I was listening to a lot of Game. And <clears throat> pretty much a lot of old-school rap. Like, just, you know, I, I was like, fuck this. I'm about to just go through back through the history of rap. And start from the beginning. Like, I'm really not about to be out here listening to what they're playing on the radio right now. So, I start going the other way and building to start listening to this. And then, immediately, I realized, this guy ain't really here to tell you, you know, like, you know, how good he is or anything. Uh, And I blame, I had a homeboy named Roderick that was from Mississippi that put me on the Jeezy. And the first time I heard Jeezy, it was Air Forces. And it was slowed down. And, he, and Roger always used to say, you know, y'all say these country niggas hee-haw, but that money coming back and forth like a seesaw. And this guy's from Mississippi, so he's country as hell. So him just saying that, like, just had me dying laugh. I was like, I got to check this guy out. Like, and, you know, pretty much from there, I was like, okay, all the beats are tight. You know, okay, I can, you know, he still sucks, like, at that point to me. Yes, yes. Yeah. Very like, much so, yes. <laughs> Like to me, like he's he's struggling clearly as a rapper, but and it's just it's just very funny. But you start seeing all these people that are rallying around him. And I'm like, why is Ti doing songs with him? Why is Jay Z doing yep. songs with? Him? Why is yep. Young Buck doing songs with him? Yep. And it's just like, why? I know you don't have the affinity for him that I did, but at the time, like. You know how, for example, like, you know, maybe up north, like, up north, I know for sure, like, you guys saw, like, young Chris is, like, the young gun dude that might, like, maybe had a shot? Yeah. Like, Lil Scrappy was very much that for us. And, like, when that dude came out with him on, um, on... Bang. On, uh, on Twisty Fingers Up, yeah, with, with T.I., I was like, wait, so he has T.I. and Scrappy on a track with him? Fine, man, I give up. Fine, I just give up. <laughs> And then, yeah, the ad-libs. We didn't even talk about the ad-libs. Like, they were, oh, everything was just based on these ad-libs, and it was just, it was easily digestible. <laughs> and it was just, just looking at it, I can see how it worked. Like, I felt, if the, and Jeezy basically opened the door. Like, we thought is that's as worse as it can get, we can deal with it. But he opened the door to every other whack nigga from Atlanta since. 
not only did he open up every like the door for all of them dudes as well, like he also ushered in like in a way the way we talk about you know trap music is EDM now, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, I mean, just as much as <clears throat> just as much as Ti trap music was pretty much like the content. It was like the genesis, like when when. TM101 came out like that was like the set that was as much of that was even more important to the to what became trap music as far as like the sound of it yes. like that was a score of, like if like if trap music was the movie of like what happens time place whatever as far as like the script and it's more it's far more detailed more you know immaculate and more thoughtful yeah there's like a, I'm just doing my job on album there's something like that yeah yeah but like the sound of what became like the the soundtrack of what it sounds like to be be out there in late night, you know, you know, cops cops all around or cops on the tra- on your trail, that sort of stuff, and like dealing with you know uh, hood politics, if you will, right? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, like get your pretty- mind right. Yeah. It sounds like it's your mind right. It sounds like twist your fingers up. It sounds like even trap star. It, you know, like even at the at the pinnacle, Stand like ovation. you know, the like. quote unquote, <laughs> like the like the Glock. There's even even a song that I know you hate. Soul Survivor is that too. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hated that song. <laughs> they played that shit to death. Akon was did. everywhere. You know, Marcus, Marcus, yeah, Mark Marcus hates that song too because they overplayed it too. Yeah. Ugh. Even you know my hood. Even though that was a fun song, the same thing. You know what's funny? You know who made uh, who made uh, my hood? Wasn't it Shorty Red? No, it was Little C, the dude that made all mm. those Young Drill tracks. All those happy Young Drill beats. Yeah, all those like shoulder shoulder lean and like the first like them out like the first album Young Drill. Man. At best thing smoking Young Dro. Then don't you feel like Young Dro just slipped through the cracks, kinda, of of Southern rap history? He was a comet. Like he was around. Like he came through for one album. Um, he was on a few features, and then like I think the worst thing that happened to him was Ti went to jail. Yeah, that fucked him up. Like once Ti went to jail for the guns, like he not he didn't have another chance. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and. But I mean that aesthetic, like that best thing smoking, and also day one mixtape, like that oh six oh seven young dro, like he's doing a couple features here and there with people. Like it was funny that I was listening to um, a Grantland um, podcast with Chris Ryan talking about. You know, Chris Ryan is uh, into into rap, and he was saying like in a funny way. I know this is a bit of hyperbole, but in regards to young dro, but he's like, you know, for like a week or two, young dro was the best rapper in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you told me I rap like Young Dro, and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like, and then I played it to you, like, "Oh, he does." I thought this dude was just number cars and and, clo- and and cars, or sorry, clothes and cars looking like the looking like food and shit. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, "What the hell?" And there's pretty much those, you know, the end of your rhyme. There's three syllables, pretty much, and and you keep you keep it going, like. Impossible, phenomenal, abdominals, stuff like that, and just yeah. you know keep building. Yeah. Um, yeah, but back to Young Jeezy, um, who rapped yeah. nothing like that at the time. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no. 
I mean, Jeezy, remember, the next album, Jeezy upgraded to, to rapping, to not rhyming at the <laughs> Yes. Yeah. He, he outdid himself by not rhyming at all. Uh, something <laughs> slice that pie. Yeah. What was the, the line? Lim- no, no. The, the sky's limit. That's what Jeezy said. And the limit is, and the limit is the sky. So let's slice that pie. What's up? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, did you did you feel like that um, that 102 lived up to Let's Get It? Because I remember at the time, I felt like people thought it was a disappointment. But going back through it right now, like, it, it rides so decent. I, I It's in my iTunes, in my car, like, you know, at least once a week I'm playing it. Dude, you go back and you listen, like, for me, right? The first three Jeezy albums are all comparable. But the thing is... You're never going to be able to recreate that feeling of what, you know, of what, like, he was going for. Like, his first two albums are pretty much essentially the same record. Like, how we talk about, in a way where we complain about how Drake's first, or uh, his last three, or not necessarily last three albums, but, like, the album of Take Care. What was the one after Take Care that, he, that Drake did? Um, what's that shit called? Uh, the one with the him in the clouds. I don't I don't remember. Oh, uh, if you, uh, I'm sorry. Um, not think. Uh, no, damn, I, hold on. It's right here. Hold on. Nothing was the what, same. Yeah, nothing was the same. Like, didn't have. What was the album he had after that? Was that the last album that came out? That was the last the one, album. and that was before. Uh, if you're reading this, it's too late. Okay, so his like you look at his last um, two albums, or sorry, his last two official albums that weren't album mixtapes or whatever that turned into albums. He had an issue where his like both of them albums are the same album, more or less. Mm-hmm. And with Jeezy, his first two albums are essentially the same, more or less. Obviously, uh, but the, the thing is, um, where the first um, album set this standard of we've never heard beasts like this before. Where the hell did this guy come from? And you know, we we always have those kind of revelation uh, rap acts with a rapper, the producer, whether it's like. Trap music with first time you first time a lot of people ever heard Toop and Ti together, right. or first time you hear Missy and Timbaland together, right? And you're like, "What the fuck is this sound? I've never heard anything like this." Mm-hmm. And the second go around, it's like, okay, he has DJ Toop on the side now making these non DJ Toop sounding records. You have uh, Shorty Red making stuff that's kind of like that's that's of the same vein as the stuff he did before, but it's not like the minor chord shifts stuff that make people lost their minds about that was so unheard of. They're so like, so just unique to itself at the time on the first album. <clears throat> and then you had the runners, um, with, uh, go get her on there. And you're like, okay. Oh yeah. You've got, you've got to mention, let's get it spawned a generation of producers after that, which pretty much oh, siphoned, yes, siphoned the sound. And the same thing oh, would so- happen to Lex Luger pretty much. See, here's, here's the thing. People people don't even realize that um, standing ovation, Drummer Boy Drum did Boy. that. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that. People were like, yeah, Drummer Boy came out of nowhere. Nah, he's been around since like 05. And he finally blew up in like 07 or 08. And the funny thing about that actually is we were just talking about Get Your Mind Right. And one of the songs that blew up Drummer Boy in that 07 08 range was that Rocko Rock, I'm Do Me. Yeah. And that's a, and that's just complete like as far as the core progression, that's a complete bite 
I'm gonna do me complete bite of Get Your Mind Right, which was just two or three years later. That's how great of a sound that that song was. Yeah. And um, you know, I just uh, like you know, just spinning forward, and you said this, this the sound like you just look at the steps where this all is came, and it's like wow, like this dude was way more influential in music to a level that like a lot of guys never ever get to, like. With this EDM genre, with like Hudson Mohawk or you know the Kanye stuff, the Lex Luger stuff, like all this trap stuff, like we never even get to that point without Jeezy being here. And like, even there have been plenty of guys that were bigger than him, whether it was Fifty Cent or even you know someone like Rick Ross. You think of it does probably doesn't even exist if not for Jeezy. Yeah, he gets on directly after him, rapping pretty much the same way. Because I thought I was like, "Oh my god, they I'm finally later. found someone worse than Jeezy." Like, <laughs> yeah, he talked about this the other, or not too long ago. It was like, oh, 05 for me." It was like, "Wow, Jeezy came out. This is the worst shit ever." Tropicana orange juice. Like, I just can't believe this. Like, is this terrible? Like, eighty grand just to make the Jacob go TikTok. Okay, whatever. <laughs> and then you get to oh uh, six, like the summer of oh six, or getting towards the end of my senior year of high school, and it's like. Dude, she's 22, we in room 222. Like, I can't yes, believe this one. Is, yeah. I just can't. Like, beats ridiculous. Who who, who's, who made that beat, right? Right. But whatever. And then 07 came along, and then all of a sudden you get, like, Soldier Boy, Tell Him, and, oh uh, and all, the snap, all the snap dancing dudes. Yep. And, and like, it is like, wow. Like, it just progressively got worse and worse and worse in this, it, with all these dudes. And now, I guess, what's, who's the worst rapper right now? You know, we used to just run a tab of, like, who's the best rapper, who's the worst rappers right now at uh, a given time. It's got to be Young Thug, right? See, a lot of people like Young Thug, though. A lot, like, here's the thing. Hey, if you, if you, you, can, go you can be like and be trash. But if you go on, if you but the thing is this: if you go on on Rap Genius and read the lyrics, he's not that trash. He's not trash. <laughs> I must look. I must be like I don't know. I must be missing it. Um, Dude, let's see. Like, I, I've listened to All About the Money with Ti probably fifty times. I still don't know what the fuck he said. <laughs> <laughs> all, all, all I know is trapping out the bando. Some 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 sound like he's saying can opener, and then from there, like okay, whatever. Is it the Migos? Migos is up there, trashness. I mean, who's your boy that did uh, the Whip Nene song? Oh, uh, I don't know his name, but Lento uh, or something like that. Magnet Magneto or Magnificent? I don't know. It's something like that. <laughs> Magneto. Yeah. He's a super villain, huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, some man. some some would say Iggy Azalea. I don't think necessarily that's the case, but um, she's the most problem. She might be the most problematic thing in rap, but I don't mean that's so she makes the worst music. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I try to keep that wax stuff out of my iTunes. <laughs> you know, can't pollute myself, you know. Oh, I, I forgot. Thing we forgot. Just like you mentioned, because uh, you mentioned them at the beginning during the the beef thing about guys, you know, barking off, biting, or basically barking up at a tree that might fall on them. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about just the lineage, like the the lineage of like n- the next year. There's another rapper that's worse. Yep. After them, like even though he was involved in one, with Fabo and them, like that oh seven oh eight shawty low. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it must be two sides. I come through with something foolish, and they like, boy, you fool. <laughs> Man, I feel like just playing that shorty low for old time's sake. Oh. Yeah, if y'all ain't heard, ever heard of that shorty low, it's number 10 on his first album. Woo! That beat. Hey, man, you got to play him out with that. Yeah. That's what that's what we're going to do. We're going to wrap this up. But uh, we hope y'all enjoyed our uh, our hip-hop conversation. We don't get to talk about as much as, uh, as we can about music half the time. Uh, I try not to do that. You know, you never know who you're going to interact with in the future. But all these comments were made in pure analysis and... You know, not maliciously or anything like that. But, um, you know, I waited until we are about 68 minutes in to say that. But hopefully they listen. <laughs> yes. uh, like, you're supposed to put the slammer at the front end, not the absolute back end. Right. Um, but when they, you know, when this comes back up, you know, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you were hating on such and such. Da-da-da-da-da. I'm going to point to 68 minutes in this podcast and say, no, I was not hating. I was being a fan. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, and does anybody want to do it in that case? Like, like Undertaker and Lesnar, any of y'all want to do it? Oh, all right, then shut the fuck up. So, you know. But, um. You never know who's listening. You saw how Tyler Quali ran up on Bombani earlier. Oh, my week. God. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I sure did. And Bombani handled it so well. Yeah. I mean, honestly, what do you do? Like, and that's one of the things when I was saying, you know, earlier, earlier, <laughs> earlier, we were talking about the um, the little Kim Britney Spears thing in regards to the Nicki Minaj Taylor Swift thing. It's like when we grew up, maybe it's because it's you know, you know, I don't know, but when we grew up, you know, people are mean, kids, especially kids, and we all grew up coming of age where people was people would snap on each other, right? right. People got people would rip on each other. People got jokes all well, the you time. You better learn. And the, and the thing you always do is you don't take your ass, you don't you don't beef with no rapper and you don't beef with no comedian. Yeah. And like you know, Bomani Bomani obviously. Believes in that, believes in that same model. Like, look, man, not, I don't want no problems with you. Look, dude, like I want no problems, Talib. Get away from me. Get the fuck on. Like, holla. Like, whatever. Like, you got a problem with me? I'm not apologizing, but whatever. Goodbye. You know, same thing. Just diffuse it. Get on. Move on. And the same thing when it comes to Taylor Swift thing. Like Taylor Swift. Like, not only did she not diffuse situation, she the person that escalated. She hopped in on some shit that had nothing to do with her. And I just can't imagine the life of me. And I know, like, this analogy does not just equal up, but I just can't imagine for the life of me that saying that Britney Spears would ever want anything to do with, 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 a, dis, with a disagreement with Lil' Kim. Because yeah. they put that, that Junior Mafia diss on her ass, and Lil' C's go little snap. Well, I mean, he was trash, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, like, I, don't, I don't think he would have snapped, but, you know. He'll contribute some bars to the collection plate, if you will. You know what I mean? Right. They, they donate to the, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the building fund. Yeah. You know. Of lyrics. That's all I got, man. I'm out. But yeah, um, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Uh, we'll try to get a wrestling one. Do work schedule was crazy this week. Big news about that coming soon in about three weeks. I'll be talking about it on air. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, this has been One Nation Radio. James, you got some news uh, for the folks. You want to let them know real quick? Oh um yeah, uh, starting in probably what. Oh, two, not this, not next week, but the week after. I'm going to be uh, 
hosting a a pod, or co-hosting a podcast with two of my two of my high school friends, uh, Zach Grasinger and Brandon Thorne, with uh, for thefootballeducator.com. Um, it's, it's pretty much like a you know uh, you know they say inside baseball is more of an inside football um, type of website for deep analysis and thought on issues and um, just basically our love of the game and you know wanting to take people inside and try and you know talk about things beyond just the normal telecast and what you see of fist following the ball um, and I'm doing that with also along with those my two friends. We also have Ted Sunquist, who was the former GM for the Denver Broncos from 2002 to 2008. You know, he's a guy that pretty much drafted Jake Cutler, that that type of stuff. Had you know made a, made the playoffs few times. Was with Mike Shanahan. You know, so we're uh, feel like we're going to do this pretty good. Uh, and you know, I know I've known those two for so long. Like they're two of my, they're actually my, they're my two. Best white friends, I guess that's what you say. <laughs> Look, I was gonna wait. I was gonna say, is he gonna? Is he really gonna say? You know, gonna what, say what up, Thorn? What up, Zach? Yeah. So, like, I've known him. It's been, you know, it's been much love over this way and back and forth. So, you know, I'm just glad that they're you know they're both been writing for for this website, and I'm glad to see that they you know. I'm happy that they, they thought of me when they decided to do this because they definitely could have done this without me and have done very, very well um, in Excel. And um, I just love the fact that, you know, they thought of me and were willing to, you know, add me to this thing and try and see if I can add a perspective, more of a uh, hosting and uh, more of a general perspective because, you know, those dudes are those dudes are at the level to where they might get, I guess, for lack of a better word, too nerdy. And I might be the guy to be perfect for them to help them slow it down for the people that can't keep up with them. <laughs> cool. So I'm basically I, in the, I'm, I'm the dusty rose. I'm the common man, if you will. Yeah, if you will. But um, yeah, um, lots of you know we'll be having a lot more uh, One Nation Radio coming soon, and I'll be talking about my announcement in a couple weeks. Um, so enjoy the show and uh, share it, download, follow us on Twitter. Uh, we out. Later. Oh, live. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.